Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a beautiful song that invites the presence of the Lord into this place. I'd like to lead you in a moment of prayer, church. Today is a, a sad, historic day. Um, we have just reached 250,000 Americans that have died. Today we passed that threshold this evening. And I want to pray. I want you to join me in prayer. We're about to enter the most uh, dark time of this whole coronavirus situation. This crisis is, um, it seems like it's unending. There is an ending to it, but we have to navigate responsibly, spiritually, faith-filled as we walk through these next weeks that are ahead. And I want you to join me in prayer. We need uh, a visitation from the Lord in our nation. Uh, we need the leadership to stand up and do what needs to be done uh, in the times that are ahead of us. And I, I'm praying and bringing you this information not to make you sad. I think that the church needs to pray through times of suffering and difficulty. That is our call. No one else can do it. No one, as I've been saying for the last weeks, no other agency, no other organization, no other body can do what the church is called to do at this time. And that is to pray for wisdom, for the peace of the city, to to call for repentance and confession before the Lord, uh, to pray that God would fill us with confidence, to trust Him fully, because obviously systems have failed around us. But let us join in prayer at this time for the comfort of the Holy Spirit uh, to come not only to us, but to flow through us as we minister to, our, to people around us. Father, I thank you for these precious moments where we're able to worship you, and Lord, we know that your presence is here in this place and also in every home and person, Lord, that is watching us throughout the world. What an honor it is for us to be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord, through technology and to be able to instill, Lord, moments of hope in what appears to be a hopeless situation. Lord, our heart is breaking today as we see this this horrible threshold that we've passed, Lord, today, where a quarter of a million people, Lord, have uh, died, and so many needlessly, as we look, Lord, at the lack of response and mature leadership, Lord, that uh, in such a way has allowed this to take hold. Lord, we won't point fingers. We want to lift up our hands and point to you. Uh, give us, uh, Lord, your grace. Fill us with love and compassion and forgiveness. Help us, dear Lord, to be able to bring comfort to those that are grieving. And help us, dear Lord, to stand along family members that, uh, or rather families that have seen loved ones pass on. Uh, there are no words to fill the void that is left. It is only through the power and presence of your precious Holy Spirit that we're able, Lord, to uh, have comfort in times that are so trying. I pray, dear Lord, for you to lift up men and women, Lord, in, uh, in different places, in different seats throughout our land, national, state, and city, local municipalities, men and women, Lord, that will not be afraid to, oh Lord, push forward on what is the reality around us and that we can save, Lord, and impact people in a way that, Lord, will, will cause a shift and a change. I pray also, Lord, that the church might remain steadfast in faith and in trust in you, that as we navigate these uh, predicted dark days ahead, 
that we will be doing that, Lord, not with fear, but rather with reverence of your awesome power. So fill your church, Lord. Help us, dear Lord, that we might be agents to heal the, heal the land. Begin with the church. Begin with the leadership. Begin from pulpits down to the pew. Lord, that we might, be, uh, we might find your feet a comfortable place to be, the place of brokenness a comfortable place to be. And that from there we can rise up, Lord, as an army of reconciliation, an army of hope in a, in a world filled with such chaotic uh, happenings around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you once again for joining us. Amen. You may make yourself comfortable right there where you're at. And um, as we were singing these songs and the presence of God was flooding this place again, uh, I felt that it was the right moment to uh, make that prayer and do that prayer. And let's keep trusting God as we move forward. I want to spend the moments that I have here to share from the Word really an extension of what happened here on this past Sunday. For those of you that were not able to make it or stream the service, you may want to go back to that because we really had a powerful visitation. Something's been going on over the last few weeks here at our church. This sanctuary has just been filled with the power of God and His direction, and, and it's been a, an incredibly powerful moment, transformative moment for so many of us. And this Sunday I started to share on a Psalm 121, that psalm that we know so well and we sing so often from this sanctuary. And I started to uh, respond uh, to that psalm in a way that is applicable to our everyday life. And I, I had guided you to think through the way children uh, ask, ask so many questions. If you recall, I said that on Sunday. Adults, we have a way that we think we know it. So what we do, we don't ask questions. We like to give answers. But children have an innocent way of exploring and learning and enhancing their critical thinking by simply presenting questions, and very simple questions. And I had titled a sermon on Sunday, uh, Help from Where, Whom, Why, and How. And I wasn't able to finish that sermon because of the powerful move of God on Sunday. And so I'd like to just spend a few moments. Let me read the passage and then uh, recapitulate the first few points I made and then close out with the ones that I did not touch on Sunday, and then we'll pray. Uh, the psalm reads this way, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will, will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. And I responded to that psalm by inserting these very simple one-word questions, which the first one was, where? Where does our help come from? And I had mentioned, and I re reiterate today, that our, our, our help, our ultimate help comes from above. We sometimes trust systems around us, people around us, networks around us, connections that we have, because I know people, we might say so often, I know someone, and we put our trust in them. But in reality, when we're facing through chaotic uh, situations or turmoil uh, in our personal life, in our internal emotions or in the 
you know, in the context that we live in, like the, the world that we're in today, society as it is today, we have to realize that ultimately our help comes from above. It isn't to look uh, vertically, or rather horizontally, it is to look vertically. It, it is not to look this place to my left or to my right, but rather to lift up. That's where the help comes from, the place of wonder. Miracles I had mentioned are not made around us, are not made in fancy pulpits or as a result of eloquent prayers, but re really miracles uh, uh, sprout from the heavenly dwelling of our, our Lord and powerful God, what, what, um, what is called God winks. They don't happen here. I mean, they happen here. They're manifested here in our reality, but they really have their, initial, their point of departure from the heavenly dwelling. So where does it come from? Our help comes from above. And I, and I had mentioned, I like the, the, the phrasing, I, I had mentioned, it's that inexplicable fountain of resources. As we look around, we, we hear the reporting going so often that, particularly in Texas, we're seeing that, but it's already spreading throughout the nation, that these long lines for food, and uh, in Texas particularly, there's uh, my, literally miles of, of thousands of cars lining up to pick up food because peop the shelves are running empty. And you don't have to go further than your local shopping place to realize that the, 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 the resources are running out because the, it's hard to be able to manufacture in an economy such as ours and to produce in an economy such as the way ours is right now. But we have to realize that those resources may be exhausted or may find shortages, but there's never a, a shortage from where our help, our help comes from, comes from heaven. And we need to get used to, yes, managing and doing the best with what we have around us, but more importantly, make sure that at the beginning and at the end of our quest that we would look up from where our help comes. I mentioned also that answering the, the other one-word question was whom. Not only where from above, but whom. Well, <laughs> the awesome one, the faithful one, the one that is always there, the maker of heaven and earth, the, the one that, is, uh, that, that, that was and is and is to come. Uh, our help doesn't just come from an ATM machine or from a, a, a healthy bank account, or healthy financial planning, but our help comes from God himself. Uh, he is the one that provides for us, and the help isn't necessarily possessions or things, but he allows us to enjoy the, the miracles that emerge from heaven, and pr he provides them for us. He is the maker of heaven and earth. God is so awesome that simply by speaking, he has created everything that exists. And I think sometimes in the vicissitudes of our thinking and our believing, in our moments of lacking faith, uh, we sometimes uh, uh, forget that God is creator. He has made everything. And uh, as it says in Scripture, nothing that exists uh, is here because uh, uh, without him, everything exists by him and for him. And God is the one, the awesome one, faithful, never failing, always there. Uh, everything that is created has been created by him and for him. He is the inexhaustible, unfathomable, incomprehensible one. We cannot put our heads around how awesome our God might be. In fact, when you think you know him, he actually slips away from you some more because we will never be, be able to fully understand. In fact, you know, Scripture is the revelation, not the total revelation. It is the revelation of God. Scripture is the revelation of God, but the, the, the revelation that man has the capacity to understand. So it reveals to us, God, what he, in his infinite knowledge, reveals to us, through his, reveals himself through Scripture, but only what we're capable of understanding. This is not all there is about God, but I'm making a point here. And even this partial revelation of the fullness of God can be so confusing 
Imagine if we have the total understanding of God. God is behind, beyond our wildest, wildest creative thinking. That's where God dwells. He is the one that provides for us. So where does our hope come from? Above. From whom? It comes from God himself. And why? Really, it, 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 the Lord provides it for us simply because he loves us. He, he, he's there for us. In fact, in the psalm it says clearly that he will not let your foot slip. Uh, uh, he, will, he does not sleep nor slumber. He is fully aware. And I had used the, the, uh, the illustration uh, with regard to my granddaughters. When I get home, like tonight when I get home, they're, they're, they're home with us today. So tonight by the time I get home, depending upon the time, they're already asleep. Uh, but I'll always walk into their room and see them and look at them. They may not even realize that I'm, in, I'm there watching over them. And sometimes I'll kiss them while they're sleeping. They don't even realize I kissed them, but I'm there. Because wh- even while they're asleep, they're going to be protected by their grandfather. How much more God? Even when we are unaware, even when we can't trace him, that doesn't mean that he is not there. He's watching over us. He never sleeps nor never slumbers. God is not affected by day and night, by 24-hour uh, cycles of time. Time emanated from him. He created time. So he is not submitted to time, to, to uh, time, tick-tock, but rather it is the opposite. Time is submitted to him. So he is constantly watching over us. Think about that. Next time you get off track, he's watching over us. Next time you make a decision that offends your relationship with him, he's watching over us. He never sleeps nor slumbers, and he does that simply because he loves us. He loves us. We sing that song, he, he's God alone, and, and the, we sing this other song that we're not alone, and we're never alone, and that is so true. He watches over us all the time. And then the final one, and this one I didn't get to touch on on, um, on Sunday, not only is aware, it's from above, whom it is God, but why? Because he loves us, but how does he do that? How does he do that? A simple one-word question. Uh, when we trust God completely, you know how he does that? He becomes the shade that covers us from the, the, the noonday sun. He becomes the, the shadow to which we can run. That's how he does it. And we can hide. He doesn't stop the sun, but he stops the heat from the sun from reaching us. He doesn't at times change the world simply because we need a change in the world. But he protects us from the offenses that come against us. We read in Ezekiel that there is a, a heavenly war taking place where the in the sky, outside of the purview of the people, the angels fight against powers of darkness. And sometimes we never even realize what God has saved us from because he operates protecting us all the time. Keeps us secure today, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he, he keeps track of our coming and going. And I like that. It's not the opposite way, our goings and comings, but our comings and going. God always enters our life cycle, our day cycle. Whether we invite him or not, he's going to accompany us. Now, we want him to accompany us in his protecting uh, virtue, in his providence uh, attribute. Of course, that's what we want. But how does he do it? He does it by covering us, covering our mistakes, covering our, our foolishness oftentimes. Covering us with allowing us to confess before him and developing in you and I the ability to trust him. I am convinced that what we need as believers today in the middle of all this uncertainty that is surrounding us. We just prayed about the death toll continuing to rise. We just prayed that we're entering into this dark period. We don't know what's going to happen with this transition nationally and all these questions going on. 
What we need to do, obviously, is to develop our trust in him. That regardless of how things play out, we are going to trust him. Regardless of who ends up sitting in the places of power over our nation, our state, and our municipal governments, over, over corporations, people of influence, God is still on the throne. And we need to trust him. Regardless of this condition and feeling of divisiveness that, that we see, that God is still in control. And we need to put all of our trust in him. The, trans, the, the, the transition may not be what we think will happen. Or maybe it will. There's uncertainty. But God is still on it. And you know what's amazing about God being on his throne? But that what he promised you, him, what he promised you yesterday is still good for today. And definitely good for tomorrow. So we can bank on what God has told you, has told me, has told this church, has, has paved the way for, the, for this ministry moving into the future. We can trust him. That's why, let, let me explain to you one and then I'll pray. And that's why we can look into 2021. And some, some people are saying, I can't wait to get out of 2020. It's just, it's time to get out of 2020. But what happens is because of what we've journeyed, sometimes we don't dream nor plan nor strategize about what's coming ahead. And I think that we're doing ourselves a disservice. I think we need to start looking forward. I get, I get excited by watching the news when I start hearing that we're, we're entering the, uh, what, what do they say, that there looks like this light at the end of the tunnel of COVID. I started to get excited about that. And although uh, April and May are months ahead, I, I'm excited. That's closer than, than another year or two years. And what happens is that we get so deflated by what we see, what we hear, and what we feel that we stop planning about what we're going to do next year. And I want to encourage you, even if January 1 is really going to be May 1st, let it be May 1st. You start planning your year starting May 1st. But when you start start. Uh, looking at what we're going to do with ourselves, with our family, with church, with ministry, with, with the opportunities and possibilities that we have for next year, rather than shrivel up. But in order for us to do that, we need to be planted on the rock. We need to be trusting God that he will see us through. That is Psalm 121. That is asking for help from where, from whom, why, and how it is from the Lord. We need to look at those things and God as the ultimate resource. We need to stop looking uh, 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 on the side and start looking up once again. As we started the theme of this year, looking again. We need to look forward again and look up again to the Lord. We need to cease trying to find a Savior in man and embrace the one who really is, uh, who really is our Savior, who was and is and is to come. We need to grasp the one who is not looking at your impressive resume or accomplishments in life, but rather the one who covers all of our iniquities when we confess to him our frail humanity. Let us pray together. Father, I thank you for the power of this psalm, that as we read it and reread it and study it and restudy it, that it serves you, God, as, a, as an encouragement for each one of us. Lord, that oftentimes we're looking the wrong way. We need to look again, but look up at you. And as we do that, dear Lord, we'll be able then to get the trust that we need to peer into the future and the incredible possibilities that we have in you. 
Help us, O oh Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we will be able to make that transition, that change in our lives as we strive to honor you, Lord, as we lift up our eyes to the mountains. You are our help. You are our source. We yield to you. We thank you in Jesus' name.